And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 142, aka season 2, episode 10, coming at you this Saturday afternoon. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since we record this live to tape, I guess is the best way I can I can describe it now, uh, we do take calls when we're live, so if you found us, uh, congratulations. If not, call in next week. Uh, but those numbers for you to dial are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Uh, so, so what is going on with you this week, MC? What's pressing in your mind? Well, the same thing that's been pressing on my mind for the last two years, at least. Um, yeah, destroying. Actually, that's one of the reasons why I got into my whole philosophy on on politics and everything was, uh, okay, and stopping the military-industrial complex, and what funds that is the Federal Reserve. So, uh, yeah, bankrupting the Federal Reserve. That's, that's what this is all about. Um, so, along with that, uh, we got the new generation of money, and earlier today I said Bitcoin truly is the future of money because uh, screw all this other shit. It just gets in the way. Um, it's heavy. But, um, <laughs> Physically heavy. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so what I wanted to talk about was uh, Peter Schiff. Uh, he, he, I think he needs a lesson in, in Bitcoin. Um, maybe he's behind the times what do you think um i i would agree with that and one of the things that i was thinking is um i mean he did that bitcoin debate uh was it two three months ago and again it's 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 a difficult position for me right because i like peter schiff um i i value his opinion on many things and if you you know and, and he comes from you know the the austrian economics background so you go like, well, from from an economics perspective, he seems to have a grasp on what's going on, and so a lot of his predictions uh, play out and are fruitful. And my fear with his, you know, his uh, poo pooing, I guess, or his his lack of understanding uh, with the crypto space is his predictions against it. And I my thought on it is, it's possible that at this point in time. Um, his thought process is simply behind the times. Like all of his predictions that, you know, came to fruition before was based on like a 20th century economic system and a 20th century monetary system. And, you know, what do you do? What do, what do you do with your money when, when the government isn't, you know, inflating uh, you know, the fiat and the and the Fed is manipulating interest rates. And, oh, look, here comes another housing bubble, you know, manipulated by the banking system to to get low income people into houses that they can't sustain, you know, and all and all of that. Right. Like old world thinking that's government controlled and then trying to apply that uh, to to the new the new frontier. Right. The, the new wave of of not fiat money, but the new wave of you know digital currency what it, whether it's bitcoin or you know we talk about monero a lot in the show or any of the other thousands uh, of cryptocurrencies available to you how does that how does that economics model fit in with this new system um, and my my fear with peter schiff is that he's still trying to apply that old model to a new system that you know breaks the mold right like there's yeah. there's never been anything like bitcoin or cryptocurrencies and any any sort of modeling off old technology is not going to be accurate in my opinion right and he could be right and prove me wrong and he's got more much more credibility than i do on the issue and maybe my emotions are getting in the way because i'm a big fan of cryptocurrency um but i don't i don't see the reality that he sees and I think he just may be, you know, uh, fate, nah, ah, man, fading into obscurity as far as relevancy within this space, um, simply because it's old world thinking. That's my thoughts. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see uh, a lot of things coming up shortly. Um, and and we'll see if if gold really does uh, start picking up some some slack here in, in the market. Um, the market's kind of looking a little bit shaky right now. Um, 
it's you know there's a lot of people predicting a crash in 2018 2019 we're um, talking gold market or, or crypto no the, the stock market okay and pretty much in everything you know is everything a, a lot of things are going to get uh hit along with it and so you're going to see i think crazy volatility in, in all markets um so it's it's going to be really hard to uh predict any any prices for bitcoin gold or the stock market uh yeah. when this next crash starts um so but w- what i really want to talk about is comparing the the different markets and peter schiff is a, a really big gold bug in case you didn't know Huge. um yeah and that's that's pretty much his business um and He's always recommending it, even you know when the price is high or when the price is low. It's it's always a good time to buy gold, right? And uh, and, and his reason for that is sound, though. It's a sec- well, it's a sort fairly of. secure store one, of wealth. One of the s- smartest no-name people I I I met, you know, or not met, but saw him on on TV giving his his two cents about about gold was that yes, there's there's a time to buy gold and then there's a time to sell it, and and so. With, without you know having both sides of the coin without ever you know if you're always saying buy then it's it's not really that useful to me because especially with gold because it's hard to buy stuff with it anywhere you know anywhere i'm just like right like you can't you can't go to the store and buy anything you can't buy gift cards with it you know you, can't, you just can't do it um so yeah it's it, that would be bad advice in my opinion to to never sell um and especially if you look at the history, it go, you know, it spikes and it goes down and it kind of just rides for a long time at, you know, some price. And, you know, if if you're trying to grow your wealth, that's not maybe not the best way to do it. And I don't know. It depends. It depends if you have 20 years to wait uh, for it to go up. Most people get impatient with that. Right. So I think current generation gets impatient with that. Right. You know, well, our, our parents' generation was okay with the same paycheck at the same job for forty years and then retiring. Oh, sh- well, sure. Um, yeah, that's a that's a whole different conversation. I, I guess, um, I guess I'm 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 talking about something different though. Um, the well, I'm I'm, I'm calling it a a, a mental a generational mentality shift, right? Yeah, Peter yeah. Peter so Shift that, is a- older, so he he he's got the long view on gold. Younger generations, the people really using cryptocurrencies, right? They 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 want to see gains now. Oh right? yeah, like, everybody wants now. that. Yeah, but be, besides that, um, there's there's reasons not to buy gold. So besides the fact that it goes into long periods of just kind of sideways action, um, where there's no uh, not much, you can't, you can't very well make gains on it. Unless, unless you wait till the next spike. Um, so, pe- what what I think people want more is some type of assurance, like a steady, uh, steady rate, and that's and that's where the banking industry really screws up, with setting interest rates artificially low, right? So now people are not uh, in in banking; they're into the stock markets, and the stock market is like a it's it's pretty risky. It's well, very risky, and but it it hasn't been for the last you know 20 30 40 years because the 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 federal reserve keeps propping it up um so it's just it's it's a really weird market right now and and so that's why i think uh well that's why bitcoin was made because they you know they saw what the the federal reserve was doing and in the banking system and and they decided to you know make this new thing just because of that um so anyway, I have to compare Bitcoin and gold together, and and actual, actually the the markets. So one of the things about gold is there's a certain amount of gold in the world, right? And gold also has a price. Sure. But there's also all these other type of instruments that are gambling uh, about the price of gold, and there's a whole bunch of people that sell gold that don't even have the actual physical gold or they'll sell sell you know paper backed gold uh and then they'll they can sell it twice and as long as they don't get audited they can keep selling 
the the paper stock gold uh, to more people at whatever price, and as long as they don't come asking for their gold, um, they they won't ever have to produce it, right? And so there's yeah. fractional there's only a certain res- fractional gold. reserve gold. Yeah, it sounds insane, but that's you know because people don't understand money. That's this is the you know this is how they get sucked into it. Uh, into uh, you know the fractional reserve stuff and not actually having their gold. So um, at at some point, if there was a run on gold, you know the the price would would go up and a whole bunch of people would just you know get you know nothing or whatever the current value is. Uh, you know a lot lower than than whatever the the gold price spikes to. So, well, actually, what they would end up doing, they would see their 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 paper gold stay at the same price. And the value of real gold go up, and so they would sell their paper gold and buy real gold, right? Right. Makes sense. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, and that kind of happened. Gresham's law playing out in the gold market. Yeah, that kind of happened to me when I was in uh, invested in the USAA's um, gold fund, and I didn't, you know, I didn't make any money on on it while the gold price was going up. I was like, what? Why? I don't understand. Like. Price of gold is going up, but my, my my stocks aren't. Like this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, it's because people were cashing out at that time. Yeah, you know, it's like, wow, I can't believe this is real. You know, this is fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> Sorry for my language, but uh, yeah, that I mean, that really you know boggled my mind at the time. And now looking back, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, what I'm saying is true. You know, the the paper gold is going to stay at the same value. Gold is going to go up, and you're going to have to sell your paper, and that's going to keep the paper gold down, and uh, the real value of gold goes up. So, um, <clears throat> so that's you know one knock against gold. But what we're seeing now is 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 Bitcoin being uh, implemented in in the same type of markets. So we're going to see sort of the same type of thing. You know, fractional reserve bitcoins um you know maybe uh, exchanges selling the selling more promises to provide bitcoin than they actually have of bitcoin um bitcoin is easier to audit um and hopefully there's going to be some exchanges that that provide proof of funds um but you know it, it could still definitely happen and especially you know with with the nasdaq and they're going to allow uh, futures trading on bitcoin so a whole Scary lot of money, times. yeah, a whole lot of money is going to be diverted into the manipulation of the price of Bitcoin rather than actual people holding Bitcoin. Now, the difference between Bitcoin and gold, even though they can be traded on the same markets and manipulated the same way, is that it's much, much easier to store and hold Bitcoin. Um, so... Because there's less barriers, hopefully more people will take possession of them. And hopefully there'll be more runs on the Bitcoin. And maybe maybe they won't happen so much or so often and, and maybe there will still be a whole lot of, you know, paper Bitcoin out there that isn't actually backed by real Bitcoin. Um it's still harder to do. So I would say that Bitcoin in a lot of ways is is better than gold. In, in that regard, just because it's easy to take it out. Uh, so, you know, with gold, how, how many people own gold on the stock market and, and never plan on taking it out? You know, they don't. They, right. they just, they're just basically waiting for the digital numbers to change. And so their, their money basically is worse than digital cash because they don't even control it, really. Somebody else is. Somebody else is holding it. Somebody else is changing the price of it. Um, so well, yeah, that would be the same as leaving your Bitcoin on an exchange as well, though. Exactly. And so a lot of it's the same. It's just, at least with Bitcoin, it's easy to take out. It's easy to store. Um, there's, uh, a lot of less, uh, loopholes and you can move it from exchange to exchange. Has no physical mass. And you can move it, um, you know, yeah. So, so easily to, to whatever you want to do. I mean, you can... And you can easily spend it too, so lots of advantages uh, to Bitcoin, and uh, so that's what I want people to think about: is is the the gold, not just the physical gold being it's 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 a great thing, um, but it's also 
being sold as as paper, and there's way more paper contracts on gold than actually exist in physical gold. Um, so yeah, be careful, and I'll be back in one second. Okay. What are your thoughts so, about paper gold or well, Bitcoin it's, gold? It, it's <laughs> Bitcoin gold is a whole other subject. I will say this about paper gold. Um, we, you know, we've had friends in the past, and we, I've had this debate with them as well. Like it, with with any precious metal, um, for me it was always silver because silver was more approachable um, and more affordable. So I could get my hands on a few ounces of silver, um, whereas uh, gold, uh, you know, one ounce was always elusive uh, for for my budget. So I never I never got an ounce of gold. Um, but I, you know, but I've got, you know, uh, a handful of ounces of silver. Um, and, and the debate was always, well, do you take paper silver or paper gold or do you want, uh, you know, do you, do you want the physical coin, the physical round? And I said, I, my advice was always get the physical round because then at least, you know, you have it right. When you're, when you're dealing with, uh, paper gold or paper silver, um, you know, it's, it's there in theory. You know, it's there and you, you could potentially cash it out one day, um, you know, but but if you're looking for an economic collapse or you're looking for something to do, it's easier to have the physical commodity in hand, um, even to the point that we're making the the other week um, with the roundtable with the uh, with the schoolings. Um, you know, when, when Ken Schoolin pulled out his uh, his uh, Liberty Dollar warehouse receipt for one ounce of silver. Right. And, you know, if, if I if I wanted to get up from the table, I could have gone to my backpack and pulled out my Liberty Dollar uh, one ounce round of physical silver uh, to see which one had more value at the time. Uh, right. Knowing that the, the government had come and confiscated all the, the silver from the warehouse and that there was no way he was going to be able to uh, redeem that warehouse receipt for anything, you know, anything of um, say real value, uh, silver round. Right. Yeah. I always, my advice was always get the physical, you know, get it. And, and it's a little bit more difficult with Bitcoin uh, if you want to transition that way, because there's no, there is no physical Bitcoin. <laughs> it's like, well, what do you, you got, you got something. Um, so where do you store it? Well, hard wallet, right? Like, if, you know, store it someplace where it's not on an exchange, where it's not uh, on your phone, where it's not on an app, you know, or a paper wallet or something. Um, and, and that's what you do with it. Um, now, to your point of, of what do you do with gold, um, you know, in general, like how do you move it around? Well, at this point, if we're, if we're all moving into the digital space, like the, the, reason, the reason to constantly buy gold in general per Peter Schiff, right, is it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hedge against a collapse, right? Sure, it, it, but, but then you also have to say, you know, only put 10% in because there's plenty of other things you can do with your money. Oh yeah, I'm not saying don't diversify, but what I'm saying is even even at 10%, the reason to always buy gold is because it's an insurance mechanism. Right? It's a store of wealth and it's an insurance mechanism against a collapse of a paper currency. So I don't think uh, it's the same thing that I told M this morning, right? Our, our previous co-host on some of the shows where you were absent MC. Um what I told her this morning is even with even with Bitcoin, like the my personal strategy for you know storage of digital currency is not unlike gold in my mind, and that is only liquidate when absolutely necessary to get what you want, right? Like I don't, I don't, I personally don't want to deal with Federal Reserve notes as much as possible, and if I could do the same with gold or silver, I would do the same. Or I would advise the same, and I'd put my money, you know, in those things if, if you know, digital currencies weren't around. So with, with gold, right, it's not that don't sell. It's that don't sell until absolutely necessary, right? When, when, when your paper money collapses or, you, you know, you need to liquidate, uh, you know, to, to pay a bill uh, or for like an emergency appendectomy or something like that, right, then, then just go ahead and liquidate what you need to cover that expense, Um and then after that expense is covered, as you, you know, as you accumulate more income, however you accumulate more income, um, then go ahead and, and, and restock your coffers, right? And so I, I, view, I view, uh, Bitcoin and digital currency in a similar fashion as that, right? Like I, I go to work, um, you know, I've, I've, I've got my other ways to, to earn an income, 
um, and then I put a percentage of that away into digital currencies, right? Now, my bills are paid before I put anything away into digital currencies, and I've got some liquidity available uh, before I have to dip into, you know, into digital currencies. Um, and as long as, as long as I can make all my payments and, and live a lifestyle without having to use those digital currencies to survive, right? I don't want to take it out of there. Right. And, you know, we, we've had a, a private conversation with me, you and M and, you know, one, one of the, one of the things that got thrown out onto the table was that I would watch it, uh, peak and that I would watch it collapse on principle alone. Um, and that might be true, right? Because I just don't, I, I don't, I, it, you know, it, it matters. It, it would suck if it did, right? But it matters so little to me because the, the, the importance in my mind is the experiment itself in getting out of Federal Reserve notes, right? Like I've, I've said before on the show, if, if, I have, if I have to cash out a Bitcoin and get back into Federal Reserve notes in order to like be successful, quote unquote, Right. Then the experiment has failed. And it, and, right. you know, and that, that's my position. So I want to be in there as much as possible. And, you know, um, you know, my credit card company doesn't take, uh, bitcoins as a form of payment yet. Right. So when I, when I swipe my rewards card to, to put gas, um, you know, I, I have enough cash in my checking account to pay that bill at the end of the month. Right. And if, you know, if, whatever, I, whatever I want to buy, I have enough cash to get those things, you know, to put gas, to buy video games, to, you know, what, you know, all my tech stuff that, uh, the other things that I'm into, um, I have enough cash to do that. And the rest is like, you know, a gold, a gold ish savings account, um, for me to dip into and liquidate in an emergency situation. And I think, you know, and I think that's the strategy that Peter Schiff advises in gold when he says, just buy, buy, buy. It's, Buy what you can afford, you know, and liquidate when necessary. Um, but you're better off, you know, if you can play the long game, if you can buy gold and hold it for 20, 30, 40, you know, years, you know, and as long as you're consistently doing that and paying all your bills, well, then by the time you're ready to retire, right, then you can start to liquidate that slowly to, to cover any additional expenses, um, you know, because you're not generating an income at that point. Like that would be, that would be my advice and my, and that is, yeah. you know, my current strategy um, in the digital space. Yeah. But, uh, both, both markets are kind of similar. Uh, so the Bitcoin market and the gold market. Yeah. But uh, Peter Schiff isn't calling for a gold collapse. He's calling for a Bitcoin collapse. This is unsustainable. Okay. No, no, no. Well, there, there's a word that keeps going around is that, and that is a uh, Bitcoin bubble. And I say, I don't, I don't know why it can't be a bubble and also something else like yeah it's a bubble and you can sort of you know predict when it's gonna when it's gonna crash right so i mean i i, I wish i had the ability to cash out at at 19,000 I, I i think that would have been you know great and hilarious for me to do that but um i live in hawaii so i don't have a coinbase account so i can't i can't do that <laughs> easily fucking coinbase so, man fucking so, hawaii yeah and and I don't really want to deal with them anyway. Um, and yeah, so th these these huge price swings, um, they're they're hard to predict, but they're they're um, I don't know how how should I say it? Yeah, it's it's a bubble. The wherever the top is, we don't know where it's going to be, but we know we know Bitcoin operates with bubbles, and we've se I've seen it many times. So um, you you can you can trade trade against them and and you know make make extra profit pretty easily uh um and so the same the same thing happens with gold though just on much longer time spans so so both of them have a similar thing and and one of the reasons why gold and and uh bitcoin are doing these type of bubbles isn't isn't necessarily bitcoins and gold's fault it's the federal reserve's fault so there's a whole bunch of extra liquidity in the market with the u.s dollars and uh, too much money being printed and low interest rates for way too long and and all this cash was pushed into the stock market and so now people 
are looking for the next big thing. And so I think a lot of people are going to start selling stocks and buying Bitcoin or buying gold. And right now, Bitcoin is the thing. So until, what what do we say? Until uh, Bitcoin reaches the price of uh, gold, the, the entire gold market in the world. Oh, yeah. Then I we we did the calculation the other night. It was somewhere between 300 and 400,000 per Bitcoin would give it uh, right. would so, give it equal value to the current gold market. So it, it might spike to a million dollars per Bitcoin per uh, McAfee, but uh, I think the real price is somewhere around 340000 before it becomes uh, normal. Yeah. So, yeah, just, uh, you know, if you're in it for the long term and, you know, you're not going to help the, the swings get even more wild, you know, uh, you know, one of the reasons why somebody bought Bitcoin at at, at nineteen thousand was because they just sold it all at seventeen thousand. <laughs> so that's that's how Buy bubbles work. Yeah, it's called FOMO, fear fear of missing out. Yeah. So you just sold all of it at seventeen thousand. Oh crap! It's, now it's nineteen. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna miss out on the on the upswing. Like, no, no, no. You probably you know like these these bubbles um, happen. And, and, and it, the price does come down. Yeah. I don't know how far. I told somebody this morning seven thousand. I think I freaked them out. But <laughs> but in a month, but, right? If you, you know, bought from it my at nineteen, go ahead. Right. Go ahead. Well, yeah, we don't know. So, but the the thing is, I wouldn't be surprised if it went back down to seven. You know, other people would be panicking. Like, it was just at seven, like not too long ago, right? Like. Was yeah. it a month or two? I, I maybe even less. I don't even know. It's like not that long ago. I'd say about two months. Uh, right. So, you know, if it gets back down there, like, so what? It's still up, right? In my opinion. Well, yeah, definitely since January is a thousand, right? So, yeah. Um, well, that's what, that's the so other thing that I'm saying that. as well. Is if someone bought in at nineteen, they may they may ride through the dip, and yeah. if 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 they don't panic. Right, and they go like, "Oh, I got to get out before I lose it all again," right? Then the likelihood is it'll 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 dip down to you know fifteen or thirteen or ten or seven or whatever, but then it'll slowly climb back up, and then right. hockey stick again past, you know, and then and then they'll be on the other side of that equation as well, right? They'll be the ones like, right. "I bought it at nineteen, now it's twenty five, you know, like, woo, I'm finally up." Um, right, but it's it's the it's but, the long game. Just yeah, like gold, but when you when you you buy into these uh, the the peaks of the bubble, and I'm not saying 19 is the peak. I don't really know, but it's the current peak. Um, yeah, it could. You know, 19 could be the peak for for a couple of years. You know, when it back when it hit a thousand the first time, and it went down to uh, 200 and 300, it was it was down for like a year or two. You know, it's like you, that that could happen. So. A year or two really isn't that long, so I would say instead of selling uh, as a, an emotional response, I would say just hold and buy more, you know? Yeah. Um, that's actually worked out for me. Um, you know, while it's down, just steadily accumulate more and uh, and don't sell until, you know, until you feel like, hey, like, you know, I, you know I've, I've got enough now. Like, I, I don't need to do this anymore. Um, and then, you know, share some with the, that's the way I view it. I view it as sharing with the market. Right. And I think that's a good attitude to have. And it takes some of the emotional stress out of it too. Right. Okay. But yeah, as far as getting into federal reserve notes, I, I don't recommend it. I think it's, well, and that's the best idea. Yeah. That's also one of, one of the arguments against it being a bubble is it's not a bubble. Because it's not people like buying in to a bubble and trying to make a quick buck. It's people buying out of Federal well, Reserve notes, right? The and vast the majority of people that are that have got it got into it in the last six months are people trying to make a quick buck. I'll give and you that. A lot of them are not um, on the same page as us. Like, like this this is a tool to me to uh, to help regulate the the federal reserve and put them in a position where they either need to raise interest rates uh to keep their system uh, valid or um or they just keep running until the until they're dead right 
I, I won't um, say you're so, wrong, but at the same time, sometimes you got to take someone to church before you can bring them to Jesus, right? They, oh, they, right, they, right. They don't have yeah, to be definitely. converted yet, but once they get in, then they're vested. Yeah, yeah. And when they're vested, yeah. they'll research and they'll pay attention and then they'll go, oh, the holy shit, this, yeah, okay, now this is where it's at. The the bubbles are are do wonderful for helping you know spread and that's that's what people complain about Bitcoin being a bubble. I'm like it being the, the bubble action is the best thing that could possibly happen to it because that's what gets it attention, right? Yeah. And that's that's what gets people to pay attention, and uh, and and if they research if they do research Bitcoin like the very first uh, transaction had a had a a quote in it from a paper. It was about uh, a bank uh, printing more money to, to bail some somebody out again in some other country. Um, <clears throat> and like, that's, that's why he's doing this. It's like printing money to bail out their friends. And this is just, and it's just wrong. Right. <laughs> so uh, this is, this is a way to, you know, force some, some, uh, you know, a little bit, you know, force some, some rules, some regulation on the market uh, in a way, in a sense, because there's limited Bitcoin. There's 21 million. Yep. Do we want to switch over to some headlines? Is there uh, any more? Okay. Like, well, I've seen a lot recently about co- cops killing people and t- so cops telling people to cut dogs' heads off. And, and uh, man, it's just, it's been pretty rough. Do do in I my, have those headlines? Feed. Oh okay, shit! I'm like I don't remember no, posting I, I any don't. of that. <laughs> no, not not from you. I just okay. I, I guess I'm signed up to some stuff, and it's just it's been really negative, you know. And you know, it, it's like I don't remember seeing with, show with prep the, like that you know, at all. Okay. Well, b- yeah, before I we guess, get into uh, headlines, it's just showing up in my in my personal feed. So I'm I'm gonna throw this out there real quick before we get into headlines because I got a message uh, from my uh, for the most part a political friend on Facebook. You know, it's one of these like chain mail messages. Um, and I, I, you know, as an anarchist, right. I like to take every opportunity to spread some knowledge and wisdom and information, uh, to people who just, who, who, who could possibly be on our side, um, but aren't quite there yet. Like most libertarians, right. So close, not quite there yet. Um, so I'm going to read you this message, and then my response to the message will be very brief, and then we can kind of get into it if you want. Um, message from my friend. I sent yours. Can you forward mine? Please read 28th Amendment. Uh, please read and forward. This will only take one minute to read. 28th Amendment, 35 states and counting. It will take you less than a minute to read this, so put me on the clock. Uh, if you agree, please pass it on. It's an idea whose time has come to deal with this self-serving situation, our present situation. Children of Congress members do not have to pay back their college student loan debts. Staffers of Congress family members are also exempt from having to pay back student loans. Members of Congress can retire at full pay after only one term. Members of Congress have exempted themselves from many of the laws they have passed under which ordinary citizens must live. For example, they are exempt from any fear of prosecution for sexual harassment. And as the latest example, they have exempted themselves from health care reform in all of its aspects. We must not tolerate an elite class of such people elected as public servants and then putting themselves above the law. I truly don't care if they are Democrats, Republicans, Independents, or whatever. The self-serving must stop. Governors of 35 states had filed suit against the federal government for imposing unlawful burdens upon states. It only takes 38 of the 50 states to convene a constitutional convention. Con, 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 if you will. Uh, If... Each person that receives this forwards it to 20 people in three days. Most people in the United States of America will have the message. Proposed 28th Amendment of the United States Constitution. Uh, Congress shall make no law that applies to citizens of the United States that does not apply equally to the senators and or representatives. And Congress shall make no law that applies to the senators and or representatives that does not apply equally to the citizens of the United States. You are one of my 20. So I read that. I went, ah, so close. Um, so I sent this back to him. I said, uh, read Lysander Spooner's Constitution of No Authority. And that was it. That was my only response back, and I got the thumbs up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, and, and, and the reason I sent that back, right, is because if you, re- you know, if you read the beginning of the message, right, it's like they pass all these laws that apply to you 
And what gives them the authority to do that that doesn't apply to them? Uh, and the answer, right, is that they don't have the authority to begin with, right? I, I, didn't, I didn't go into uh, an elaborate explanation to my single friend uh, over the, not, you know, not single in the sexual term, but like the one friend that sent me the message. I didn't go into an elaborate explanation over this uh, to him because I think it's concise enough in, in the literature that I uh, advised him to read. Um, and that is they don't have the authority to begin with. They never did. They never will. It's all perceived authority. And you can look, you know, look at some lectures uh, from Larkin Rose and some presentations that he's given uh, elaborating this point further as well. Um, and that's, that's all there is to it, right? You don't need to pass an amendment. You just need to, to shift your mind, right? Uh, uh, alter your thought process about how you look at Congress critters and presidents and elected bureaucrats and all those people um, who have this perceived authority over you and get in and, and pass that message along, right? Get, get this message out there that they don't have the authority to do anything to you um, if we all don't let them, right? You know, the, the, the tiny dot uh, Larkin Rose video illustrates the point that um, they, are, they are in such a minority of physical human beings compared to uh, the majority that they lord over that if the mindset, if the thought processes of the majority shifted to the point where we all came to the realization together that these people don't have authority over us to begin with, that we are not bound by their laws uh, just because they decreed them to be so, right? If we can all get our minds on that level and vibrating at that frequency, right, then we don't need a 28th Amendment. It's unnecessary. We just scrap the whole goddamn thing and move on with our lives uh, in, a, in a pure anarchist experience, a pure, uh, a pure system of voluntary relationships, uh, a system, you know, where, you know, uh, I, I like capitalism. What the hell? Um, you know, where, where those interactions take place on a voluntary level between human beings um, and just get rid of all those people. Right. You know, shoot them, hang them, burn them. I don't care how you get rid of them. And if they change their mind too, and embrace you know the, you know free markets and voluntary exchange and voluntary interactions amongst people, well then by all means they get a reprieve because now they're one of us, one of us. Uh, but if not, just get rid of them, right? I don't care, and and you don't need this. You just you just need enough people to shift the mindset um, to to accept that the Constitution has no authority and never did. Your thoughts, MC? Um. Yeah, man. Basically, <laughs> all right. That's all I really I mean, had. That's 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 pretty uh pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's amazing that as as good as the Constitution was written, um, it wasn't nearly simple enough, uh, straightforward enough, and limiting enough uh, to do any good at all. And um, even if it were, it still doesn't apply to me. Yeah, but I mean, if if it was written really, really good, uh, to to the point where it's like, hey, we got this system we're making, and if and and by the way, we're gonna start out with this. If you want to opt out, if you don't want to participate in it, you don't have to. Like that would be a great start, right? Or an opt in. Um, I'd prefer an opt in. I shouldn't have to opt out of anything. Sure. I should only be asked to opt in voluntarily with my choosing. Right. And and I think the way to do that would be to pay into it if you wanted to pay into it. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to see uh, the concept of competing governments, um, uh, voluntary governments at least. I think sure. somebody is still working on that, uh, that seasteading project. Um, I haven't, I still haven't heard a lot about it yet, but, um, the, you know, the more, like, I, I really wish there was like one country in the world that didn't have a fiat currency system, um, that, you know, could offer people, uh, you know, an escape from, from, from the central banking system. Um, so far, I think everybody, every country that tries to, get off the central banking system gets invaded by the U S and their allies. So 
I'm not really sure how this is all going to work out, but, uh, you know, hopefully some, some way, some, somehow it'll happen. Absolutely. And I, and, and, and you know, and, talking about the opt in opt out thing, like I just, I got a notice from the HR department, uh, for one of the jobs that I work at saying like, Oh, you filled out your opt out form for 2017 for your medical plan. Uh, but you are required to opt out again for 2018. And uh, so I gotta, <laughs> I gotta do that. I, no, I don't. Cause I never opted in. And, you know, I made it clear in an email that they sent me before that I have no intention to opt in to whatever it is they're offering. And, you know, to to opt me in against my will and wishes is a total violation of what it means to be in a voluntary agreement, you know, or a voluntary right. arrangement with my employer. Right. I, I so, guess you could sue them, maybe like <laughs> down the line voluntarily. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was very clear, and the email they got back was, "Well, required by law, so we're gonna we're gonna follow the law, whether or not it's against your will or wishes or not." I'm like motherfuckers, that is not how this works, you know. That is not how this works. That is not how anything should work. Um, and you know, and th- this this is one of the reasons why I have like you know I, I might be described as like someone with oppositional defiance disorder, right? Because, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> But I I, 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 refute that as well, because I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm, not defi- I'm not defiant to, uh, like to, to, to the opposition, in general. It's, it's people who purport to have authority uh, over me, right? You know, it's, sure, it's, the, sure. it's, it's, it's those people who, who, who lay claim to, to. Uh, to to my life, liberty, and property that I refute, right? And I, I reject that claim. And they go, well, no, no, no. You you know you've got uh, anti what what's the oppositional defined disorder? And what's the other one like? You know, uh, authoritarian defined what the, the the I forget it, forget it. The, the whatever the anti authority you know mental disorder is. I go, it's it's not actual authority that I have a problem with. It's perceived authority that I have a problem with, right? Like when, when I, when I voluntarily go to the doctors to get a checkup and he goes, this is what you need to do in order to heal yourself. I go, thank you, authority. I will follow what you say to do because I trust your authority. Right. When I go to the, when I take my car or my moped to the shop or to the mechanic, right. I don't fight them and their recommendation. I go, you're the expert. How much is it going to cost? I can afford it. Go ahead and do that because I trust in your authority and your expertise in this area. And I'm not going to fight that. Right. It's it's the state authority. Um, and then in, in, in some cases that gets me fired. Right. It's it's the perceived uh, boss authority because, you know, in the interview process. Right. They make you fill out the form, at least here in Hawaii, because it's an at will state that goes, uh, you, you do understand that this is a voluntary arrangement of mean con- consenting parties and that any party may end this relationship at any time for any reason, yada, 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 so on and so on. This is, this, is this is between us, and we're here on a handshake deal voluntarily, and that's, that's the end of it, right? And then they try to make you do shit that you don't want to do, and you go, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, that's, that's not what I agreed to do. You're, you're, you're changing the terms and conditions of employment, um, you know, by, by putting in extra conditions, and I don't agree to those. They go, well, you're fired. And I go, well, that's fine because I, I wasn't going to do that work anyway, right? Like <laughs> you find someone else willing to voluntarily agree to do what you want them to do um, because that wasn't going to be me to begin with. And if we have to part ways, you know, that's also fine. So I've never, I've never minded uh, getting fired over stuff like that. But it's, you know, it's, it's the, again, it's the mentality, um, it's the mentality of, of employers and, and, you know, business owners, um, that make them think that they can, you know, boss people around and make you do, you know, things that make you do things above and beyond what you agreed to do. And I may be the employee, the only employee on the planet, right. Um, that takes a stand for myself in those situations and I pay the cost. And I've said before, like, you know, a hat tip, uh, to the ANCOMs, um, for, for their speaking out for solidarity and whatnot. Um, but I think most of those people are, are, you know, a lot of talk as well, uh, because when the boss tells them to do something, they fucking do it. 
And then they go home and bitch about it and say, you know, oh, I'm so depressed and I'm a fucking work slave and wage slave and I, uh, there's no way out of it. And I go, yeah, well, there's completely a way out of it, right? You just you stop doing the work, right? And if you can do, if you can stop doing the work en masse, right, then, then again, just like taking authority back from the state, uh, you take your authority back as a, as a worker, uh, as a, you know, a technically a self-employed individual selling your labor to the highest bidder if you can, right then then you reclaim that power um so it's not you know it's not anti-authority in that sense um it's just anti-perceived authority and making and holding people accountable uh to the agreements that they make initially does that make sense am i clear mc did i lose track somewhere yeah a little bit kind of kind of on a rant there for a little bit but that's what i do (laughs) that's that's what we're here for (laughs) I I usually do a pretty good job of swinging it back in at the tail end to my main point, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Anything else then? Because now we're good for headlines. Right. Let's do some headlines. All right. Headline. Atlanta targets good Samaritans sharing food with homeless. Headline. Why is an appendectomy in the United States 10 times more expensive than an appendectomy in Mexico? Headline, innocent, sober man jailed for five months because negligent cop thought he was drunk. Headline, insane. California government criminalizes teaching of trade skills to youth. All education must be government approved. Uh, Headline, Los Angeles reserves the right to decide who may sell you pot. Uh, Headline, try this at the DMV and see what happens. Uh, And finally, headline, a uh, peer-to-peer Bitcoiner gets years in prisons for being unlicensed. Uh, any place in particular you want to start this week, MC? Um, I, let's start with Los Angeles reserves the right to decide who may sell you pot. Okay, because motherfuckers. I smoke pot <laughs> occasionally, and you've got your grow license, uh, you, and I'm and I'm totally legal. Which, you know, whatever. It is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Shame on me. <laughs> yeah. But I've already, I've already said that on the show. So there's, no reason, there's no reason to rehash it. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Who, again, your body, your body, your responsibility. Like, who am I to tell you? And who is anybody to tell you otherwise? Like, <laughs> fuck those right. guys, man. Oh, okay. Before we get into that, let me share one more. Let me share one more story with you because it was, it was the coolest, one of the coolest old ladies I've ever met on the job. Um, you know, and this this is like somewhat of a violation, but she's still cool nonetheless. So we're we're moving her out of her uh, apartment and into like an old folks home. Um, and halfway through the apartment, um, you can tell it was like in the middle of renovations. Like she, she was on, I think like the 16th floor or whatever, um, with an open lanai. Um, and she like, she blew out the lanai to extend the apartment. Right. And she put up a wall and then windows, uh, where the lanai used to be. Um, and you could see, you could see on the floor, like the distinction between the, the apartment floor and the concrete lanai and, and you you can see the difference. Right. And so we're, we're talking to her about it and, and, you know, she was like, didn't even get like the permits or approval or anything. This is all unlicensed, you know, work. Didn't even get, you know, uh, the from the um, the the board of directors approval. I'm like, good for you, you know, for for not getting for number one for not getting the permits to do it. That's kind of where that's kind of where I was like, good for you, uh, board approval. You can argue one way or the other, you know. But I go, well, she owns the apartment, man. Like, you know, I'm not, but she bought into the board, so whatever. I don't want to make that argument. But I just thought it was cool, you know, that, and she, she was funny too. Cause she was like, yeah, I was doing all these renovations. And I was like, well, the other person did it right. And they didn't get approval. So I'm not going to get approval either. I'm just going to do it too. And I'm like, good for you. Good for you. She's like, yeah. Like, why would I get denied approval for doing it by asking for permission when they're just doing it and it's already done, you know? And she's like, and then I got sick. And this is why we we're moving around because apparently she, you know, she, you know, she's elderly, man. She's, you know, she's, you know, it's unfortunate because she's like a cool little old lady. Um, she's like, and then I got sick and in the middle of all these renovations and now I got to sell 
And, she, and then she's like, and did you know you have to disclose all this? <laughs> and, we, and we started cracking up. Because <laughs> in, in the sale, in the real estate sale, now she's got to disclose all these like unlicensed, unpermitted <laughs> renovations in the house and she's like who knew you know because she had you know she did what she did but i i thought it was i thought it was cool again right that that just the mentality of well the apartment's mine and i'll do what i want with it right damn the permits damn the state for telling me no for 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 having the perceived authority to tell me no uh you know and and again damn the board uh for for you know potentially telling me no when everyone else is doing it without permission anyway. So I thought she was just a cool old lady and you know, she was, she was, you know, really fun um, to hang out with as we we're doing the move and talking story with her. So, um, but again, that, that mentality um, is something that has to permeate society uh, on the whole so that we can see positive shifts. All right. Into the article. Thank you for letting me uh, diverge there for a minute. Los Angeles reserves the right to decide who may sell you pot. Uh, the cities of Los Angeles voted yesterday to implement a host of licensing and regulatory guidelines that would usher in the legalized growing manufacturing and sale of recreational marijuana next year. Uh, for the most part, this is good news. One of the biggest cities in the United States is ending this particular segment of the drug war, assuming the Department of Justice doesn't come in and arrest everybody. L.A. is doing this for the money. When California approved recreational marijuana use, it gave local governments the authority to levy taxes on the trade. The Los Angeles Times reports that the city expects legal pot to generate $50 million in tax revenue in just its first year. That sounds like a huge pile of cash, but it's nothing compared to the $1 billion the city spends annually on pensions and health care for retired city employees. The infusion of marijuana money is not going to solve L.A.'s spending problems. Unfortunately, Los Angeles is handling this newly legal form of commerce the way it handles everything with an incredibly complicated licensing system that favors certain people at the expense of others. Uh, this approach may mean that the black market for marijuana will continue in the city. LA is deliberately capping the number of shops and growth facilities that it will license based on population and location. Uh, officials calculate that fewer than 400 actual pot shops will be permitted along with around 340 growers and 520 manufacturers. Fundamentally, this means city officials, not the marketplace, will be deciding who gets to be a marijuana dealer. Uh, and that means influence matters. There's already going to be a licensing priority towards the entrenched medical marijuana interest who were early entrants as legal dispensaries. Note that when the city finally stopped resisting the opening of medical marijuana dispensaries, it did so in such a way that played favorites with these established businesses and deliberately helped them fend off competitors. In an attempt to be more inclusive, the city will also met, implement a social equality program, or excuse me, social equity program to give some priority processing for people who qualify, qualify on the basis of being poor or having previously been convicted of misdemeanor marijuana crimes or having lived in areas uh, who have been disproportionately impacted by pot enforcement. While that sounds nice, the rules are complicated enough that you can be sure they'll be gamed. And the city is imposing so many security and data retention requirements that few actual people seem likely to get in before the license cap is reached. There are also all sorts of public hearings and notif notification requirements, not to mention the rules embedded in with the state's notoriously abused California Environmental Quality Act that NIMBY types and potentially competitors can use to keep pot shops out. Uh, if Los Angeles were really committed to helping poor people, those chewed up and spit out by the drug war to start their own cannabis business, it wouldn't be capping the number of pot shops the city would permit. So we'll see how it goes. There are some empty storm fronts in my mid-city neighborhood that could host a pot shop, but there's also a rehab facility and an elementary school. And the regulations prohibit a shop from being within 700 feet of either of those. So I'm not holding my breath. Uh, your thoughts on the article, MC, and maybe potentially getting into the marijuana business in California. Right on. Um, so it, it's funny. Like, if you look at the way the state operates, it's, it's not surprising at all that they'd want to limit access to who can have a a license to do something that you know nature provides you know freaking plants man right but um 
I've always been a big fan of Operation Overgrow. Yeah. So by doing this, they, they, and I don't, I don't really know how intentional, how thought out it is, but it's just the way the state works. And so if they limit it, then that creates a group of people who are politically motivated to keep that restriction in place and to keep the state in place. Uh, because without the state, that restriction wouldn't be there and somebody would compete with them. And that's just not good for you know the current crop of uh, pot growers. Right. So, um, yeah, and I, like I said, I just, I don't know if it's like intentional or if it's just something that is, uh, just, uh, a product of, of the state, you know, they just, they just can't not do that. Right. <laughs> they, they can't just say, Hey, you know what? It's legal. Do whatever yeah. you want. Well, I mean, that's, that's that. what they do. Right. That's, that's cronyism in its, in its completest form, right. Is the state. Right picking and choosing which business wins and which business loses based on yeah. political favor and, 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 you know, favors. But given. the only reason they're doing it now is because it's politically unacceptable for them to just keep it illegal. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, okay, fine, but we're still going to make this yeah. an apparatus of the state. After and, 40 and, uh, years of fighting, marijuana, you know, advocates finally get the win that they're looking for with restrictions. And, uh, yeah, it's total, total BS. And, um, you know, maybe people, I don't know. It's, it's, I say that a lot. It's like, I want to make predictions. I want to make positive predictions and say, all this is going to lead to an environment where the state is so small that, that nobody even feels like resisting it anymore in any way. Um, but I don't know. It's like what they're doing right now ensures that there's going to be a big group of people propping the state up to keep their restriction for their business in place. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So isn't, isn't that convenient for the state? You know, it, it's, it, it very briefly reminds me of um, one of the, the scenes in the Hunger Games, the original Hunger Games, the movie, maybe in the book too. I don't read the book. Um, where he said, like, you know, he does, he has all the money and things that he wants. What they trade for now is, you know, secrets, right? Like, that's that's the valuable commodity. So, in in the realm of politics, right? It's it's you know, it's not about the money. It's about the power, and you know what you can get for the power. Which sometimes is more money. Sometimes it's just more power, right? You know, you 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 play God. You're as the legislature. You are in control. Uh, of who wins and who loses, like, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down uh, type of type of environment. And, you know, that's just it right there. Right. You know, you get to pick. So prediction predictions that people will, you know, see the light and change. Well, no, I mean, hopefully. Uh, but the, the you know, the likelihood is that the those those who make out right will then look toward the legislature to, toward the seats of power. Um, so like, okay, now that I have all of this, what can I give you to make sure that you allow me to keep all of this and keep everyone else, uh, you know, from, from getting in on it. And it's, it's unfortunate, but, and again, I go back to what I said at the beginning of the show, which is it, it takes a mind shift. It, it takes an entire like new thought process to develop in your mind where you go, well, okay, that's how it's supposed to be. Or, I mean, that's how it is, but this is how it's supposed to be. And I know I know that I can, you know, get more by just, you know, bowing down and going in line with the way it is. Um, but there's just something in my gut and in my heart um, that tells me that that's wrong. And I'm going to do it this way because this way is the right thing to do, um, you know, re- regardless of, 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 you know, what's easier and beneficial. Right. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sidetrack real quick, uh, MC again. Um, and it's the same thing, you know, again, we talked about net neutrality on the show before, right? Um, one, of the, uh, one of the bigger tech shows that I listen to is always, always, always in favor of net neutrality, right? Because it goes, um, their, their rationale is we're a smaller company and net neutrality protects us from the bigger companies, right? Like without net neutrality, we'll be overrun and put out of business um, because we can't because we can't compete in the marketplace with the bigger guys. So we need, we need the state's protection 
uh, in order to stay competitive. So it's 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 this it's a similar it's a similar response, um, but kind of moving in a different direction. That is, you know, always always seeking the state's protection and the state's state's help um, when you're unable to do it on your own in a free and open marketplace. And they get it they get it wrong because they go all oh, these big players, all these big monopolies would shut us out, um, not knowing right or not understanding. Uh, that it's the state that allows those monopolies and uh, monopolies to exist um, and puts those monopolies in power. And rather than looking to the state like, you know, give my little breadcrumbs from you to, to keep us alive and well, protect us from the bad guy, well, the bad guys are in their pocket, right? Like they, the bad guys are the bad guys because they're involved with the state and now you want to go get involved too. Doesn't make any sense to me, but I don't get a voice uh, on those shows to say that. Uh, so I'll just say it here and, you know, However many people listen to us will hear it and hopefully get that message out there um, that you shouldn't be looking to the state to protect you from anybody, right? That's, it's, it, it, it's currently a tool of power to be used in that way, um, but you have to decide for yourself in, in, in your heart, in your mind, in your ethics, uh, whether or not that is the right thing to do or the convenient thing to do because they're not always one and the same. Final thoughts? Uh. No? Good? No thoughts. Wrap it up. Let's do it. All right. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, you guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. Uh, if you want to get in on the show prep, uh, do so in the groups page, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. Uh, and if you want to donate to the show financially, uh, why? Um, but do so through Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Uh, thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to y'all next week. Peace.